Ashley Brock, reading Dolores Fawson's book, Cad, Chapter 11. Cad wasn't at all sure this meeting should happen, and Jamie's one condition had made him even more concerned. They were supposed to come alone, or the meeting was off. Cad understood Jamie's fear, fringed or otherwise, but he had a greater need to keep Bree safe. That's why he was taking precautions without violating Jamie's come-alone command. He ended the call with Mason and glanced over at Bree on the passenger seat beside him. Her attention was fastened to the rearview mirror, no doubt making sure no one was following them. She also had her hand on the gun and the shoulder holster that he lent her. After all, they could be driving into a trap, and he had wanted her unarmed. Since he couldn't tuck her away safely, the next best thing was to use her agent's training to get them out of this. Mason. Mason's in place at the park. Cad relied to her. He's across from the pond and hidden in some trees. Jamie arrived a few minutes ago. Good, she paused. Was Mason able to secure the area before Jamie got there? More or less. It was the last part that was giving Cad some second and third thoughts about this. It wasn't too late to turn his truck around and head back to the ranch, but then they wouldn't be any closer to ending this investigation. Mason is armed with a rifle in case something goes wrong, and he has one of the ranch hands with him. Cat explained, but there are a lot of places to hide in that park. Jamie could already have somebody in place. And by someone, he met another hitman. You could wait at the sheriff's office, he suggested. After looking at her, he didn't want her in danger. So much for relying on her training. I'll call Jamie and renegotiate another meeting place. I'll save her one. She'll just say no, and one restless night away from Leah has been enough. I want this to end. Yeah, he couldn't disagree with that. Being away from Leah had sucked. This meeting and Bree had also contributed to his lacking, his lack of sleep. Cad blamed himself for the Bree part. The kissing session had left his body burdened for her. And even though she slept in the guest room just up the hall from him, that brainless part of him below the waist hadn't let him forget that Bree was nearby. Brainless had also... Brainless had also reminded him repeatedly that if he pushed, he could have Bree in his bed, but it was wrong to push, even if he wanted it badly. No, this was one of those situations where he had to leave the decision-making to his brain. <sighs> Cad kept driving through town and past the sheriff's office. Deputy Melissa Garza was inside and monitoring the lone security camera at the park. It wasn't at the best angle, but if she saw someone approaching the pond area, she had instructions to call Mason. Not a foolproof plan, but maybe they'd get lucky. He took the turn into the park and was thankful to see it practically deserted, probably because it was a weekday and it was still a little too early for an outing. Cad drove to the pond that was on the back side of the 20-acre area, and he parked as close to it as he could. He had no trouble spotting Jamie. The woman was seated at a picnic table and was wearing a dark green pants outfit that blended in with the summer grass and the leafy trees. She had on her usual sunshades and a baseball cap, probably her attempt at a disguise, hard to disguise that bright auburn hair. She stood the moment Cad and Bree stepped from his truck. He came, she said on a rise of breath. Her skeptical tone let Cad know that she hadn't expected him to follow through or else she was acting. 
You didn't give us much choice, Bree informed her. Like Cad, she kept watch on their surroundings and on Jamie. Bree kept studying the woman to make sure she didn't draw a weapon on them. Let's make this quick. Cad told her right off the bat. Give us the answers so you so we can get the hell out of here. Jamie nodded, swallowed heart. I want to make a deal. Immunity from prosecution in exchange for information. Interesting, but somewhat predictable. Jamie was facing some jail time. What information? But Jamie shook her head. I need your word that you'll help me work a deal with the DA. Cat didn't jump to answer, but finally said, Sure. It was a lie. Maybe. If Jamie did help them in this, then he would see what he could do. Jamie didn't jump to answer either, and she sat back down on the table's bench. About ten months ago, I got a call from Tim Kirk, and he said there was a security problem that had that had to do with something going on at the clinic. He gave me an address to a house in the hill country, and when I got there, he was holding Bree captive. She'd been heavily drugged. Bree pulled in a quick breath, and Cat figured she'd been talking a lot, taking a lot of those in the next few minutes. Why didn't you call the police or the FBI? Bree asked. Jamie glanced around. Because Kurt was blackmailing me, I signed off on one of the questionable surrogate deals. <laughs> you made an illegal deal. Cad corrected. Yes, Jamie said her mouth tight now. I didn't want to go to jail, and I thought he was going to hold Bree long enough to try to influence the investigation. Influence? Bree repeated she cursed. You let him inseminate me! <laughs> I also helped you, but the burst of energy seemed to drain her, and Jamie groaned. She turned that shade of gaze into Castro. I don't know who was paying Kirk, but the plan was to force you to destroy all the evidence that could incriminate anyone, including me. Ah, uh, he got it now. That's why you went along with it, so that there would be no evidence against her, but there was a problem. The FBI doesn't have all the possible evidence, so there's no way Bree or I could have destroyed it all. There are missing surveillance backups. <laughs> Jamie Sugarhead, I have the backups! Cat didn't know who looked more shocked, Bree or him. Now this was something he hadn't expected to hear in the meeting. Where are they? He demanded. Hidden safely away. They're my insurance that Kurt's boss won't come after me. He knows there's enough incriminating evidence on them to put him in jail for years. McClendenin knows I have them too. Well, that explains the threat McClendenin had made at the sheriff's office. McClendenin knows you're trying to cut a deal with us, Brias. I don't think so. But Jamie didn't sound at all convinced of that. McClendenin threatens me a lot, but I've told him that if something happens to me, then those backups will find their way to the FBI. Cat gave that some thought. If what Jamie was saying was true, this gave McClendenin motive for trying to use Bree. Of course, maybe those backups should someone else engage in criminal activity, like you, Anthony, or even Jamie herself. You can give us a copy of those backups. Cat suggested, and that way you still have the originals to keep yourself safe. The backups can't be copied, Jamie explained. It's the way McClendon had set up the system. The backups have an embedded code to wipe them clean if anyone tries to bury a copy. To burn a copy? Well, hell, now Cat had to figure out a way to get the originals from Jamie. The woman really had them, that is. He wasn't sure she was telling the truth about this or anything about or about anything else. I was there when Kirk or whomever did the insemination on Bree, 
Jimmy went on. I wasn't there for the C-section either, but later Kirk told me that the obstetrician had been killed. Jamie shivered. He even showed me a picture of a mutilated body and said the same thing would happen to me if I didn't keep my mouth shut. Cat huffed. You're an accessory to murder. <laughs> Jamie frankly shook her head. No, I swear I didn't know anything afterward. Until afterward, and that's when I knew I had to do something. Kirk was saying they didn't need Bree anymore, that the baby was leveraged enough to get you to cooperate. Yes, and it might have worked. Cat would have done anything to protect Leah. So how did you talk Kirk into keeping me instead of Leah? Bree asked. I, I didn't. Could it? Jimmy counted. He ordered me to take the baby to a house in San Antonio where a nanny was waiting. The more I turned, he was going to kill you. Instead, I drove the baby to the Silver Creek Hospital and left her there. Because Bree didn't look too steady on her feet, Cad moved closer to her. Not too close, though, because he wanted them both to have room to draw their guns if something went wrong. There was still a chance of that happening. Whoever had Kirk wouldn't want Jamie to spill this. <laughs> Kirk couldn't have been pleased about you not delivering the baby to San Antonio. Cad made a circling motion for Jamie to continue. Jamie touched her hand or her lips. Her fingers and mouth were trembling. He wasn't. I told him someone had run me off the road and kidnapped her. He was furious and said he had to see his boss immediately. I knew I had to get Bree out of there, too. <laughs> but you didn't. Not right away, Bree reminded her. Why? Because Kirk kept watching me. He didn't trust me after what happened with the baby. Then one night, I slipped him a drug. That's when I went on the run with you. When I was sure I wasn't being followed, I left you at the motel and made the anonymous call so Cat could come and get you for Kirk did well that worked so far Bree and leah were both alive and the man practically responsible for what had happened kurt was now dead cat moved closer to jamie hoping it would make her nervous enough to tell them whatever else she was keeping from them who was kurt's boss i don't know she answered without hesitation Kirk used to call him, but I never heard him say the person's name. I always assumed it was McClendenin. Good assumption, but it could be a bad one. Cad glanced at Bree and realized she was no doubt thinking the same thing. Bree cleared though. Did Kirk do anything else to me? Jamie looked in her direction for a moment. No, nothing like rape or torture. He just kept you drugged as much as he could. More so after the C-section. Cad was relieved that other horrible things hadn't been done to Bree, but Jimmy was wrong about the torture. Being held captive while pregnant was the stuff of nightmares, and he figured those nightmares would be with Bree for the rest of her life, and someone would pay for that. Cad took out the small notepad he kept in his pocket and dropped it on the table by Jamie. Right down the address of the house where Bree was held. Jamie shook her head. They burned the place to the ground. Kirk told me that when he called and threatened me to stay silent. Hell, but still a burned out house was better than nothing. I want the address anyway, Cat insisted. He'd get a CSI team over there ASAP. Maybe they could find something that would give them clues about the identity of Kirk's boss. Of course, the biggest clue might be sitting in front of them. When Jamie finished writing the address, he took no paper but kept saying it. I want those surveillance backups. I can't. I told you they're my insurance so that Kirk's boss won't kill me. Jimmy yanked off her glasses and he could see that her eyes were red. Maybe from crying. Cat had to consider that she was truly afraid. But he couldn't put that above Leah's and Bree's safety. You can give them to us. Bree also moved closer to the woman. 
and you will, in exchange, will provide you with protection. Jamie jumped to her feet. You can't protect me. No one can. My advice is for both of you to leave town for a while. You lost somewhere enjoy the time with your baby. Because as long as you continue this investigation, the danger will be there for all of us. She turned as if to walk away, but Cat stepped in front of her. The backups, he reminded her. I won't let you leave until you tell us where they are. The threat was well and had no sooner left his mouth when he caught the movement out of the corner of his eye. Something in the trees, and it wasn't the spot where Mason had said he would be. This was farther down by the end of the pond. Bree must have noticed it too, because her hand, her head turned in that direction. Get down, she yelled. But Cad was already moving. He latched on to Bree and Jamie and dragged them down with him. It wasn't a second too soon. A bullet sliced across the top of the wooden table above them. End of chapter 11.